Welcome to another edition of the Our Football Podcast, episode 71. Happy New Year, whatever happy means for any of you guys. Welcome to 2021. Buckle in, it's going to be a long ride. <laughs> but no, seriously, welcome everybody. I know that Adriana and I had a huge break. Um, we're so happy to be back, so happy to be talking about so much stuff before the Liga Max Feminine season starts off. And before I go any further, as always, is my counterpart, Adriana Terrazas. Adriana, how are you today? Hey, Amy. Happy New Year to everybody. We did it. We made it to 2021. Who would have thought of it? Um, just really happy. I'm psyched. I mean, despite the fact that it was kind of like a short break, I'm really psyched for the season to start again. So yeah, just a couple more days and off we go. And hopefully it'll be uh, not, not, not such a rocky season as it was a year ago. <laughs> now, Adriana, before we get started on the soccer talk, I just need to ask because I was watching your Instagram stories from afar. And if you guys don't follow Adriana on Instagram, you absolutely have to. Because I know that she's a super mega important person at Tudene and she's doing amazing things over there with soccer. But her Instagram feed is super entertaining. Like <laughs> She's got cats. She's got her dad on there. She's got random ice cream men music happening, going on. It is awesome. So the reason I'm bringing this up, Adriana, is were you guys playing charades? Oh, charades. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, so sometimes it'll be like, like days will go by and I won't post this an Instagram story. But yeah, I have, I have to say, I do I, I do wait like for a special occasion to just post anything. We were playing a, a special kind of charades on New Year's um, with my family because obviously we couldn't go anywhere. So it was like a small reunion with my family and we were playing. And there's this like this part of the game where instead of one person acting and everyone guessing, <laughs> everyone has to act and one person tries to guess. So the word that they were, they were trying to act really poorly and not, not, not graceful in any way was provocative. <laughs> so they, so, and this was, we had a guy's team and we had a girl's team. So the guys um, were trying to act <laughs> provocative and they did it in like the most, I guess, like sensual way possible. <laughs> Wait, so you, you had need, yeah you, you need to picture this though for everybody listening it is like full grown like men like men, very yeah, mature yeah. men trying to act out provocative for another mature man who is you know I and I, I say this very lovingly because I love when you ever you post of how into it everybody gets like no matter what if it's like a puzzle <laughs> yeah. or whatever it is like it always looks like your family's having a lot of fun and so I was watching this and I was like, oh my God, this like, I want to be here. I want to, I want to <laughs> hang out with this moment and I want to see it for what it is. Cause I love how, who is that person that's trying to guess? Is that your, he's, uh, uh, that's my brother's godfather, but like, and, and he's like an uncle really. I mean, he even yeah, looks like, like my immediate... dad. There's, there's amazing like family stories about how they've actually thought one was the other and they've gotten into tons of trouble and like, it, it, yeah, it, it's it's fun family stories, but yeah, technically he's my my brother's godfather, but in, let's just say he's my uncle. <laughs> I just love how dedicated he was to trying to guess it. He was he was guessing so many different things, and you guys are all <laughs> dying of laughter. It was it really made my it really made my day. It was absolutely yeah. It, it was it was so funny. I mean, and yeah, and obviously when they said provocative, I was like, yeah, I understand why they're acting this way, and then I was like there really is no other way because you can try like to split the word and stuff like that and then act like the first half or the second half there was like no way they could do that so it was just really really funny to see them be like all like sensual and trying to like 
like if they were hitting on him <laughs> and stuff like that. So I, I was, yeah, I, I, that's why I love playing charades with them because it's, it really is so funny. I mean, it gets to the point where sometimes we don't know, like my brother and I, we won't know how to act something because it's not like our generation. So we won't know like a singer or something like that. But sometimes when we get those kinds of words, it's really funny. Like I got like turtles. So I would get down on the floor and then try really slowly. And they were like, turtle, turtle. And I'm like, okay. Those were like easy words, but sometimes you had like really difficult words. And so like, I don't know, like washing clothes, because it could be a phrase. It didn't have to be like a word. It could be like, I don't know, like dishwasher or something like that. So you could get the yeah. dish part, but then how you get like the washing part. And so yeah, it, it's, it's fun. I, I really love playing charades, to be honest. It was, it was so funny. And I love how not like, I guess it's appropriate for the word, but I love how like more desperate they got to try to convince him what the word was. The closer they got as if that was going to change anything. <laughs> Oh, man, it was a good time. Like I said, this is a plug for Adriana's Instagram story because she has, <laughs> I, I still have, this might sound creepy, Adriana, I still have the, uh, I, I screen recorded that one time when you said gato normal, gato normal, and then there was the other cat just laying on its side. like. <laughs> My cat sleeps funny. He sleeps like on his back and paws. He's like playing dead. Um, so yeah, he's, yeah, he's not, nor not a normal kitty. Yeah. I love it. I love it. But uh, <laughs> but moving on, speaking of other things that we love, Liga Max Feminine is back. Like we said, it wasn't that huge of a break, but we've got them returning this Thursday. So much action. So many things happened in the preseason. Obviously, we were on vacation. Adriana's doing stuff at Tudene. My kids are driving me crazy. So we had a lot of stuff going on. So we definitely wanted to try to just talk about as much as we could. Um, today so then we're going to try to break it down as much as possible I guess to start off Adriana, huge stories from the preseason that stick out to you obviously we're not going to get to all of them but just the immediate ones that stick out in your head from this past preseason Chivas is like no longer Chivas <laughs> <laughs> Chivas letting go of so many key players I mean that has to be I mean not not my highlight I don't think but it's probably the highlight of the preseason it was just seeing so many players first they, first we had the rumors and we were all begging to god that they weren't all true and then they were and then we were like oh my god what do we do to deserve this um but yeah i, I think just seeing so many players leave chivas was probably um it's it still probably what sticks out the most from the preseason it's just on one end it's it worries me on a, like like looking at it as as from a sports perspective just thinking how the team's going to manage for next season and then the other hand is like something has to be terribly wrong for so many key players to leave when they know they're in one of the top four clubs in, in, in Mexican football history. Um, and then also, I mean, they're all starting players. Something is not right. I mean, you just don't have that many key players leave one preseason just because. So, yeah, that's probably what sticks out the most. Yeah. I mean, we did have a chance the last pod that we did a few weeks back where we kind of got to dissect um, I believe it was I believe it was the departures of Nicole and Janelli that were rumored but weren't confirmed, or Maria Sanchez, sorry, that were rumored but weren't confirmed, and then eventually, um, Nelly Simon went on record with you know the Chivas digital team and was talking about how they wanted to leave, they wanted to expand, and then sure enough, um, they left, and I think the and then of course we had like uh, you know Janelli leaving and all this stuff, but I think. It's very interesting to find out where they left to. Now, granted, there aren't a lot of teams. When you go to a, like you're saying, when you go to a top team like Chivas, you have to either really love the sport or something else, you know, to go to a, to a lower team. I don't know. They have to like really sell it to you, I guess, so to speak. But it was really interesting to me to see 
basically all these really good players move on to, you know, Maria Sanchez is now over at Tigres. We have Nicole Perez over at Rayadas. And then this one was a huge one to me was Janelli Farias heading over to America. Cause this is, you know, Janelli was like, I live and breathe everything Chivas. You know, this was my dream to play for this team. I remember when she just joined the league, she was talking about the significance of this club. So yeah, I think it raises the questions. And that's definitely the, huge story of the preseason was what exactly is going on with Chivas to have so many people leave to have the players choose to go to these teams now with Maria Sanchez for those of you who don't know it did get a little bit murky with her because there were rumors that she did want to head back to the NWSL remember she came over to Chivas from Chicago Red Star so there were rumors that there was something about the rights that she that NWSL or Chicago Red Star specifically had to her that kind of stopped her from heading back to the United States. So she did have to stay here and then she chose Tigres. Um, but still, it's it's a lot. Like you said, it's so many different Bajas for a team that before any of this happened, you're like, you know what? They're going to regroup and they're going to look good this season. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I was even doubting that Maria could go to Tigres because Obviously, we start thinking about where she's been playing. We're thinking, well, it's probably it's it, it doesn't seem likely because she could play the same position as Liz, as Ovalle. Yep. Um, but if she does reach Tigres, then it might mean that Ovalle is leaving. And then we saw that she didn't. Um, so it, it kind of seemed unlikely at some point. I mean, I obviously you look at Tigres and you're like, dude, you really don't need like anybody at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, she came in and then shortly after we saw Nicole Perez and Andrea Sanchez come into Rayadas. I mean, I, I love the fact they're coming into really like like the only possible thing they could do is go into stronger teams. And that was Tigres and, and Rayadas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it also kind of hurts because like you were saying, Janine has spoken so well about Chivas and how it much how much it meant to her for that to be that specific club where she started playing in the MX Femenil and then going off to America arc rival of, of, of Chivas, um, it just makes you think, oh my God, something was really have gone wrong for you not only to leave the team, but go into the team that's the historical enemy, nemesis of, of Chivas. So, I mean, I, I, I do think one thing that has um, been really different with the MX Femenil from the men's side is we have seen so many more players go from one team to the total opposite or, what, or whatever huge rival they have um without any i mean it's not that they don't care about it but it just seems that though it's something that will happen a lot easier i mean usually um for the men's side if you have someone go, go for chivas to america it's not that common it does happen a lot more now than it did before but still it's not the most common thing um and we've seen so many players leave america go to pumas we've seen so many players leave um from america to chivas vice versa so I mean, I'm happy for them because I, I really, um, I'm really eager to see what Rayadas can do with players like Nicole Perez and Andrea Sanchez. But on the other hand, I do really worry about Chivas because they had such an amazing start of the season last semester. Um, I remember they were playing so, so well. I mean, it was really like going on social media and congratulating them because they were playing so well. And then something, something happened mid-season um, where they just started getting off track. Um, obviously, yeah, lots of players, I mean, injuries and COVID and stuff, but but still, it, it, they kind of lost themselves. And now with this preseason, it just seems as though we're like preparing for the worst possible scenario with Chivas next season. Yeah, and we'll definitely get into who's staying there, um, looking into the matches that are coming up this week. But I think keeping in line with that, just Chivas players moving away and kind of a discussion about the league in general, uh, another huge departure for them was Norma Fox who was kind of 
a confusing situation. It must have been really confusing for people that are not in the Leo Max Feminine or even are, are a part of it. There was definitely a d- different news floating around here and there. But Norma Bella Fox essentially is de- departs from Chivas, the publicly both teams and her say goodbye. Um, and then she did officially sign with Pachuca in a really interesting kind of way. I actually kind of enjoyed it. Uh, she had a Q&A and then Pachuca kind of did this like publicity thing where, hey, if we get X amount of retweets or likes, will you sign with our team? Um, obviously just her show. They did get the amount and then they formally announced it. But Norma Bala Fox will be playing with Pachuca starting next season. She did officially sign with the team, um, but she is heading over to Exacton. Exacton? I don't even know how to say that. Exacton. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which Weird. is yeah. essentially like, okay. No, seriously. Is it like Survivor for Spanish, or is it? Yeah, like, it is. It's yeah. It's like a like a like a physical competition. Like you climb and stuff. I I've never actually seen it entirely. And not even an episode. I think I just I just know what it's about. I've never actually seen it. Um, but it's like physical competition. You get down on the sand. You have to like jump into a pool. But you like or, stay. Or but you like stay yeah. there the entire duration of the competition, right? Or at least until you're eliminated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and it's, it's like all physical. Like you'll climb stuff and it'll be like a huge jungle gym kind of thing and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. the reason I kind of bring it up, obviously it's a departure. It's part of that whole like Chivas just losing some of their key players, but it also raises another discussion that maybe not a lot of people don't want to have or just leave it basically like, oh, you know, she's leaving again because Norma actually had done this pr- like after Chivas won the first title, right? She left mm-hmm. for a little bit and then she came back. Um, Jenna Farias similarly uh, did the same thing um, a few seasons ago. But what you have to understand, or I think you should if you listen to this podcast, is that the pay in this league is a huge talking point for just how low it is. You know, we've, we've, we've seen top teams get headphones. Like this is a title winning teams, headphones, iPads, you know, this is the, that's the top bar for a team that's won. Um, so for Norma, like I, there was a lot, there was a huge discussions about like, she's doing this again. Oh my God. She's, she, she basically does whatever she wants. I think that's the wrong way to approach this. You have to understand that Norma Ball Fox is going to go get paid significant money to be on this competition show. Cause I think it's like a all-stars style for this series as well. Um, but they don't have a lot of options. I mean, we'd see, we saw, I can't remember her name. She was on Chivas and she left because she said of how little payment that she got, you know, during this whole drama fiasco, but they're not left with a lot of resources. So this is just something that unfortunately, you know, they have to choose over. And Norma said it herself, she's not done with soccer yet, but when you're not left with a lot of options or you're given a huge opportunity to make enough money that you probably would take years to make in the league. I mean, I don't think there's, I don't think so much judgment should arise from there. Yeah, great. I mean, I, when I when I saw the decision, I mean, did I like it? No. Do I understand it? And would I probably do the same thing? Yeah. Um, I mean, players, fortunately, not not all of them, but yes, many of them have been quite wise in, in understanding that their careers won't, won't last them forever. I mean, we've seen stories about players getting their masters, getting um, PhDs, getting some kind of business out, whether it's something of promoting gear on social media or just something bigger. I mean, I, Norma Parafos has been really, really intelligent in the way she uses her social media to build up an audience. And now she's part of a coffee, a coffee, co- like a coffee company with um, Iker Casillas, Miguel Ayun, I don't remember what other players. Um, so she has a coffee brand and now she's doing the Exatlon. 
Um, so, I mean, I can't blame her. I mean, it, it, she really should be doing these kinds of things. I wish she didn't, but I mean, let's be honest, the, 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 whatever teams do, just don't pay them as much for them to just be comfortable and know not only that they can live well from playing soccer, but also because um, you, you, they won't have that much more money to just save up and live for the rest of their lives. So, yeah, I mean, it's probably not uh, something that most people like, but yeah, it's, it's something that they're kind of forced to. I mean, so many players, again, are studying at the same time. They're working other jobs at the same time. So it's something that I'm pretty sure about if that opportunity came up for us some other players. I mean, they take it as well. Yeah, most definitely. Um, another big story for me before we head on to the signings, well, it kind of segues into the signings transfers. Um, a lot of significant coaches coming into the league. Uh, we spoke last podcast about Pachuca's new coach, Doña Is, uh, Cruz Azul with Roberto Perez, who used to coach the men's, uh, a little bit on the men's side. Um, Pachuca's assistant coach heading over to Juarez, Cristina Gonzalez, and then Leon with Scarlett Anaya. Uh, Adriana, were you able to get onto the, the press conference with Scarlett? How I was couldn't. that? I Yeah, oh. I, I, I had a meeting at the same time. Hmm. Kind of sucked. Yeah. But I guess the general, for me, that that's a huge sign or that's a huge story from the preseason because it does feel like we're getting more, I don't know how to phrase this, but it feels like le- teams are starting to become more serious. I know we've seen, yeah. I know we've seen <laughs> with the men's side, a lot of recycled coaches, but this feels like, you know, if we're going to pave a different way for the women's side, this seems to be a good direction. Um, you know, we kind of saw, I guess Cruz Azul is kind of going with the Chivas approach um, by getting somebody that used to be part of the men's side. Obviously, Pachuca is getting a huge get with Doña East, but I like this. I like seeing this new uh, emergence of either assistant coaches or just new coaches, just seeing what they can bring to the league. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I, I was pretty excited when I saw the announcement come up because, again, um, it just shows, like you were saying, it's like, they're willing to invest in a project, not only spend in, on players and just get through with the season, but they're actually looking into creating something. And I think that despite whatever result they get this season, if, if they follow through with it for the next season and the next months, we'll probably see a more competitive team. And that's what we're looking into. I mean, we, we talked about this um, before the breaks, just saying how on one end, it, it's really exciting to see Monterrey and Tigres do so well. On the other hand, um, we're kind of feeling not like kind of let down with the other 16 teams because they're just not up to that level of competition yet. So it doesn't speak well of, of the league, just looking at into all these teams struggling to get their first victory, like Nekaxa did last season, and then look into just the same teams making it to Liguilla, except for a couple of, of, of exceptions. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really eager to see what, what Leon can bring with, with Scarlett this season. Um, obviously, again, not, 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 not doing this, I think it's, it's kind of like a bad tendency um, for the men's side when we see the same coaches over and over again. When you start mi- just mixing it up a bit and just making sure you bring in new new coaches with different ideas, uh, different philosophies, it will definitely benefit the league enormously. So I'm really excited to see what Anaya can do with Leon this season. Yeah, I- I'm just excited to see what happens. All right, moving on to another part of our Leon Max Feminine preview. Adriana, most notable transfers, moves, signings, I mean, you know, Whichever one, whoever comes up to you first, what do you think? Who do you think is like the key signing of the preseason for you? Um, I would have to say, if we can use coaches, I definitely go with Doña Is for Pachuca. Yes. Um, again, because just like Scarlett, when when I mean, first of all, coach coming in from Spain or just anywhere that's not Mexico, <laughs> um, just shows how serious Pachuca is about their project. If there's one club that I think has been 
so um, just just unlucky, I guess, uh, coming into Liga Mekis Family has been Pachuca because they've done probably everything they can to make sure that they have a successful women's project. And they've only been beaten by Monterrey and Tigres because, I mean, just look at the players Monterrey and Tigres got. But if it were just looking into how they've built up their, their team um, every season, they have their own facilities, they have their own uniform. I, I, I'm not entirely sure, but I think they were one of the first, if not the first team to actually have the women pose with the men for the official club photo. Um, they're doing great stuff on social media. Um, they have Monica Alcampo as team captain. Um, they've been supporting players pretty well. I mean, you see really great players coming in. Uh, sadly enough, some of them have been snatched by, by other teams. I mean, Alejandria Godin is going over to Rayadas, for instance. But when, when they announced Doña Is, um, who, if, if people don't know her, she was, capped, uh, she was coached for the Spanish U-17 team that beat Mexico in the U-17 World Cup a couple of years yep. ago, well, in 2018. So, I mean, tons of experience with youth squads, international level. I mean, Spanish soccer it has done so much. I mean, they've been around for years with, with the men, with the women's side. So I'm really excited to see, again, what she can bring because that was a huge signing from their, from their part. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. I, I would agree with that in terms of coaches. For me, I would say more for the significance of it. I would say Maria Sanchez to Tigres was probably the hugest. Um, I would almost tie that up with Nicole Perez. Um, just for the significance of it, for everything that was yeah. around it. I do think, though, I, I've been told from what I hear, Maria Sanchez is definitely going to get playing time. It just goes back to that discussion that you said, Adriana. It's we the signing itself is weird. The significance is huge. The signing itself is weird, but again, there was NWSL drama going on with that. I just I'm just wondering how that's gonna work out with the Wyatt because the competition is right there. It would it would yeah. suck to see. And again, there was obviously controversy over at Chivas that you know she I I I would assume from Maria's side she just didn't want to stay. Um, but is it worth it if you're you know? I would hate for her not to get playing time. I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that would that would really suck. I mean, just yeah, knowing what she left and I mean where she is. Yeah, it, that would be that would be the worst scenario possible. Just seeing her. I mean, not waste away on the bench, but yeah, I mean, she's a player that has to be in, in the starting eleven. Yeah, no question. So for me, those are some huge ones. Uh, Norma was a huge one. Uh, or, you know, from this week, too, I think Pumas has gotten some significant signings. I mean, they started off early with Dinora Garza from Rayadas. And then this week, snatches Marlene Campa, Marlene Diaz, uh, Marlene Campa's sister, Ana Campa, if I'm correct. Um, so I, the Pumas had some notable signings this this preseason as well. The only signing they haven't done and totally deserve is their own social media account. <laughs> <laughs> only team. I mean, okay. seriously, Pumas, come on. I mean, only team not to have their own women's social media account. I know we've talked about this in past podcasts, and yes, they totally deserve their own their own social media handle by all means. But I personally, the petty side of me is just laughing at the fact that the men's side is getting so angry about this. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like there's like you could do so much more with that energy <laughs> that you're putting into like yelling at Fumas as community manager because they're announcing the women's side. And apparently you're not getting any signings for the men's side. That's not our problem. Like <laughs> we like these signings, uh, but that's hilarious to me. America, I mean, huge bajas for them, but then signing. Isn't it? Some- isn't it- isn't it like becoming like America's like custom to just let go of so many players and then bring so many back? Don't you think that's happened like 
not every season, but probably every year. So, uh, uh, for, I think it was Melissa who made the joke that they should just basically be like their own agency, just signing and departing players at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, we've seen. I mean, obviously, the last season um, was was really different for everybody because we had so many clubs, um, men and women's side, letting go of so many players. Um, because of COVID, not playing in their stadiums, not getting um, sponsorships, losing TV rights, um, changes in, 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 in Liga MX in general. Now contracts have to be done in pesos instead of dollars. And I mean, it was, it was economically a difficult challenge. It was like a huge challenge for lots of clubs. So, so yeah, I mean, we, we saw lots of movement with America last season, but then we come into this season and I'm like, wow, they're doing it again. I mean, I mean you're just seeing so many players go and I, again, so many come back. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of happy because they usually get like really great players. But I mean, on the other hand, I'm like, where's the continuity? No, yeah, definitely. But the, the only continuity is the fact that they keep Leo Cuellar all this time. Seriously, like that's the only... That's yeah, the human, that's I, the I remember there was this huge rumor of him. Yeah, he was going to leave, right? Well, and then like they won. Huge rumor. And then they and then they won. Then they beat yeah. Tigres and they got the title. And they're like, never mind, you can stay. Honestly, America is another one of those that they just need. They just need to refresh. Like if they're gonna if they're gonna refresh the team all the time, like throw in a coach that will maybe have some consistency there. For what it's worth, like you're saying, he, they get good players. Like you have Janelle Farias, you have yeah. Fernanda Pina now, you, Diana Garcia. You know, you, you're ha- you you and then you still have. You still have pretty good players up top. Yeah, then Espinosa. So I mean, we'll see how it works out. I think America in general, both men's and women's side, are dealing with something. So we'll see how that works as an institution. Um, but that's something. I, I, I think they're gonna let go of. Um, we all thought they were gonna let go of JD um, after they they got um, oh, and the goalkeeper as well. Yeah. yeah, they got another goalkeeper, and I was like, okay, so we have like f- like four goalkeepers now. I mean, I know Renata had an amazing season. They're not I mean, I was I was I was really like becoming a fan of Renata last season. She was playing so well, um, but that's what comes with when you sometimes. I mean, JD was away on because of an injury. I mean, that's just what happens sometimes. Whatever whatever player comes in, does an amazing job, and then yeah, coach sticks with that player because they're on a hot streak, and like that's what happened with Renata. She was playing so well. Um, and now with uh, the signing of another goalkeeper, I mean, it's just kind of obvious to think that they might let go of JD. I'm not sure. There's also this um, this other thing that we haven't talked about is this season, um, we were supposed to have a U17 women's tournament come up, <laughs> but because of COVID, that got canceled as well, as long as like just probably any any international tournament you can just t- t- like mention. Um, so that's supposedly coming in, in 2021. So maybe teams are looking into that. I don't know. The only upside of sad, sad women's soccer stuff is that there's going to be like five teams from CONCACAF in World Cups now. So Mexico's for sure not missing World Cups in the foreseeable future. That's the only silver lining I see whenever it comes to like women's development being tarnished. So yeah, that's about it. Other keys, I'm going to see other key signings that I'm looking at. Uh, I think Queretaro obviously had a humongous season last season under the hands yeah. of Carlo Rossi. And now bringing in some key players. They got Brenda Viramontes from Leon, Fatima Delgado. I mean, I, we'll see what happens with Queretaro, but that's another team that you obviously can't, you can't overlook. I, I look forward to seeing their, you know, the revenge tour. They were not going to beat Tigres by any means. When they faced off in the semifinals, but I, I really enjoyed them having that comeback against Atlas. More for the entertainment of it, not because I want. Yeah, we're, we're dark horse fans, aren't we? Yeah, definitely dark horse fans. 
All right, Adriana, we have some fan questions. Let me see here. <laughs> I had them ready. I'm just kidding. All right, awesome. Um, so AJ at a Spucci Taco, um, big fan of the Liga Max Feminine and also great insight in our WhatsApp chat, said, will signing still happen this week? Who will be the team to surprise everyone this season? Can anyone stop Tigres and Rayadas from reaching the final once again? <laughs> Who will win the Golden Boot? And which teams are you worried about this season and their performance? So let's start with the first one. Uh, will signing questions? <laughs> yes. Uh, first one. <laughs> will signing still happen this week? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. Window I, closes I, I, the twenty first, right? Um, well, international window closes on the thirty first for the men. I think it's the same for the women. I'm not oh, entirely yeah. sure, right? Yeah. I mean, it would be great to see some international transfers coming. That would be awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I still think clubs are probably looking into just seeing what players um, are fit for the team. Maybe I, I'm seeing lots of them bring in uh, players from their U17 squads. I mean, not, we, we have actually like no real way to know what players belong to those squads. We just know that all of a sudden they're like, oh, let's welcome whatever player came in. And that player was playing with our youth squads. And we didn't know what, what the youth squad actually looked like. Um, but we know that it was someone that actually was playing for the club at some level. So I'm seeing lots of that still. Um, so I think probably that will still happen. We'll see some really young players come in uh, for the senior team. Um, but yeah, I, I still think we'll see a couple of movements still. I mean, it, I, you got to think about COVID, not quite sure if, if the, the youth tournament is coming up next season. So if that is the case, we want to start looking into some players, giving them some minutes. Um, so yeah, I, th I, th I think we'll see some more, more transfer this week. Not many, but yeah, some, yeah. Yeah, agreed. And this one can just be a, a short answer if you'd like. Who will be the team to surprise everyone this season? Pachuca. Me too. I was going to say Pachuca. <gasps> Yay. I, I say Pachuca as well. All right, next one. Can anyone stop Tigres and Rayadas from reaching the final once again? There's this great oh. meme, if you guys haven't <laughs> seen it, that's circular. I made this, I want to I preface this by saying I made this joke and then Fernando from Campeonas made this joke right after me. But I said last season that soccer is a simple game. You know, 18 teams start off and then Liga Max Feminine ends with Rayadas and, Monte and, and Tigres <laughs> in the final. So there's a meme now going around it's the Liga Mex Feminine logo, but it says like Liga where all the teams face off against each other and then uh, Tigres and Rayadas face off against each other, Feminine. So there's, there's a saying for the, for the men's side that said, um, soccer is a game where 22 men chase the ball and Germany always wins. So I'm guessing <laughs> this is the, the Liga Mex Feminine version. This is a tournament where 22 women chase the ball and Rayadas and Tigres always make it to the final. <laughs> But this is a really great question because it is a question that's been on everybody's mind. I mean, Adriana and I definitely talked about it leading up to the final because we did not want to see another Clásico Regia. I mean, we got an entertaining final. Their their matchups are always entertaining. But can anybody stop them? I think both of us are saying yes because we want Pachuca to surprise everybody. But I think yeah. I think with all the resources coming in or you know with all these new signings that teams are making, we are seeing a level of serious seriousness being taken where. Maybe not this season. It's kind of like how we feel about the national team. Maybe not super soon, but I do think that people are going to show that they're capable of stopping these top teams. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I can't think of a team that could actually stop both Rayadas and Tigres, but I definitely could see some teams beat one or the other. I mean, just be either like both of them during the season would be amazing. I mean, I, ho I hope it happens. I mean, not not just not no disrespect to Tigres and Rayadas, but I mean, definitely benefit of the league. 
just thinking that Pachuca could come in and beat them both, or at least get a tie against one and beat the other, something like that. So something where you know both teams won't prevail against like all the other 16 teams. I mean, that would be amazing. Um, by the way, speaking of, of, of national team, Nicole Perez today um, during her presentation with Rayadas and Andrea Sanchez, she was asked about how um, the season could look for players for that we belong to the U20 team and now won't have a U20 World Cup because that was pushed back. And because of their <laughs> age, they, they won't get to play that tournament anymore, which really sucks. I mean, it sucks on all levels. I mean, it happened to the men, it happened to the women. We're just going to see an entire generation Who cares of about the men? The We're Cup. thinking about yeah. the women. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sad. She was actually, I mean, her, her oh, answer her. was was really mature. I mean, she was like, we understand. I mean, obviously, we would have her loved to play in that U20 World Cup. So good. Yeah, I know. I mean, she's really mature. Like, for so age. I mean, she's, she's 19. Um, but she was like, I yeah, look we up understand. to her. I'm like, I'm going to be you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, and she answered like really well, not like not getting nervous at all. I mean, it's, it's really amazing sometimes to see these players come in and be so professional, despite the fact that they've been doing this for like two years or so. Yeah. Um, but I mean, she was really like psyched and said, I'm really excited for what's to come because we know we're going to be in the senior squad soon. But now we have, we have to just be up, like, up, up to par with what's expected from us um, in the league as well. So we had to look into that. I mean, yeah, just looking into how much activity that the senior team is going to have next year. Thank God for FIFA um, for making that call. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, we might struggle a bit at first because these are players that, again, would have to have played the U20 World Cup or the U17 World Cup. And now we're just going to skip them a generation and expect them to be up to the level of something that they're not entirely at this point. But I'm, I'm really psyched to see how those U20 players um, kind of force that generational change um, and just are, are up to the competition and up to the, whatever is expected to them because yeah now we do have to start thinking of 19 year old Nicole Perez making it to the senior squad and it's something that is that is so hard for the the leadership over at the national team to avoid because we have a league now so it's not like you're grabbing these players that you know, maybe not everybody knows about or you know who's she play, she's playing at what college what is she doing now we have really good players that we're able to consistently watch something that we've always talked about. And so it's, it'll be hard for the, for the national team administration to dismiss them. So I I'm hoping that generational move kind of is, is, is almost going to be forced in a sense. I know we're kind of getting away from the questions, but it's almost going to be forced from a national team perspective, because there's no way that you're going to avoid a Nicole Perez. There's no way you can avoid an Alison Gonzalez. Yeah. Now they've been, they've been, forced to not have a, an international tournament you're going to have to kind of also force um that you know those those senior team players to play with the younger players but it's it's also very it's a good thing it's definitely a good thing and we should yeah, not stop I, it from I, happening i appreciate the pressure it's going to put on, on on like the senior squad i mean i think we were all looking into having a big generational change sometime soon um, but now we kind of, it's not that we expect it. It's something I think we're going to kind of demand it because it, it, it is, it's, it, that's, what's going to have to happen. I mean, there's no other way around it. You're not going to, you're not going to lose that really talented U20 generation that was uh, runner up for the U17 world cup, just because there's no world cup, you're going to take them under your wing and you're going to start preparing them. And if you have to kind of like pressure them just a bit to make sure that they're um, up to senior team level, you're going to do that because you know, the talent is there. 
Also, the Federation listens to our podcast. So if anybody yeah. has any demands for the Federation, just send them to us and we'll let the Federation know. So we're demanding now, Federation, that you do what's right and what needs to be done. <laughs> Moving on to the next question. Who will win the Golden Boot this season? I say Alison Gonzalez. Adrian. That would be awesome. She was so close. She was so close. Um, again, I love for it to be a player not from Tigres and Monterrey <laughs> um, because... Well, yeah, truth be told, I mean, everyone that could have gone and it should have gone and it, they already did. Um, yeah, Alison, I'll, I'll go with you, Ollie, with Alison. I, I think that would have been amazing. She was just so close. She deserves it. Yes, we're two for two. All right, and then last question from AJ. Which team or teams are you more, most worried about this season and their performance? I'm going to start this off. Um, I'm going to say Chivas, but I'm going to put an asterisk on it, not because I think they're going to crash and burn Sholo style, um, but so I say Chivas, but I think it's a huge, huge, huge sign that after all these people left and said, see ya, Lisa Cervantes stayed after the season that she had. I hope, yeah. I can only hope, I'm worried, because I'm worried most of all for them because I can only hope that whatever Chivas told her, whatever, you know, motto that the, the team is following along, it lives up to whatever promises and expectations they have for Licha. And I hope that she's able to deliver, but I also hope Chivas doesn't do her dirty because she might very well leave after the season and then we're just going to have a huge discussion to have for Chivas. But that's, oh, yeah. that's the one for me. What about you, Adriana? Um, I mean, I've been worried about them for, I mean, ever since <laughs> I think first or second season. Um, Negaxa, I mean, again, it just doesn't seem mm -hmm. as a club that's remotely interested in having a good project for the women's team. Um, I haven't, I mean... I don't think it, there's lack of talent. I, I'm pretty sure it's there, but there really is lack of support just on, like everywhere else. So um, I really do worry about what a club like that can aspire to in the season. So yeah, I worry about Nikaxa. I mean, totally a team that has been really consistent in being last <laughs> um, ever since the league started. Um, so yeah, I, I really do worry that that tendency will just keep on going just because, I mean, just because nothing, no one's going to say anything about it or just because people don't look into what's going on into the team. So, yeah, I worry about Nikaxa. Yeah. Uh, let's see who else. Roberto C. Balmori at RC Bow says, what do you think of the polarity with Pumas? Those who don't follow closely think they're doing well, parentheses, just had their best season in terms of points, while fans who do think they need a change of management, parentheses, uh, Iena out is a common phrase. How do you see them going into this season, essentially? I mean, I said it last season. I think that Pumas has themselves kind of like a Mexico national team sort of thing. They consistently make it to the playoffs, but they don't have anything to show for it. Um, yes, mm. they had a pretty good season last season in terms of points. Obviously, we talked about the resources that they just got with some key players from like America and Realas. So I think the polarity... It should be determined based off of what happens this season. Like you got really good signings. Let's see what you can do with them. Let's see what happens. Can you make yourself more than just a, you know, quarterfinal, semifinal team and move on to that next step so we can see some improvement? If not, yeah, there definitely has to be a change of management. They're not the only team. I mean, one of my huge hot takes from this past, you know, season is that even though Tigres and Rayadas are huge teams, they also have to have a switch of management. Um, so I, I, I understand the, the need to change management, but I also think that maybe we should see how this season pans out. Um, but for people that follow the team, I can definitely see how it's been frustrating for them. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think 
What's been most frustrating is not entirely the results, but just the style of play. I mean, just seeing as though you don't really see a system that goes forward like the entire season. You're like, you understand what players, um, you're ex what, what to expect from them, what position they play, um, if you're going to see them constantly there. I mean, I think that's what's most frustrating for Pumas fans, that they don't really see a structure behind whatever, um, however the team comes out for, for their starting lineups. Um, I mean, I, I understand that, that because of that frustration, you want to change in management. I'm kind of excited for the players they've gotten this season. Um, but again, I mean, it, it all comes down to how and who plays um, with the start of the season. I think that's like sometimes what, what I see from, from Pumas fans also during the season is how much they complain about players that they think are more talented being on the bench instead of some that are not going through their best moment being in the starting 11. So those kinds of decisions, I think, are the ones that they criticize the most. And I think looking into the season, seeing as though it's a shorter break than summer break, um, I'd give them like this semester to see what they can do with the players that they brought in. Um, and then I I'd, I'd see if looking into next semester and seeing as though you have more time to prepare and bring in another coach if you wanted to. Um, seeing if that's what you should do. So I, I'd give them the benefit of the doubt for this season. Most definitely. I mean, you have, Mar for me, like if you can't utilize Marlene Campa, who for me was one of the, one of the, not the, not the top, but she definitely was a very strong force in the attack for America. If you can't utilize her effectively this season, or, you know, maybe she's out of form, that's on Pumas because America, you know, they had their injuries and all that stuff, but she still was, was vital to them. Same thing with Dinora Garza. I think that she's going to, be huge for the midfield and you guys have to just effectively use her if you don't if you're not able to do that i don't know what else to tell you with pumas but yeah i think that i think how they utilize these signings will play a huge role into whether or not they deserve that benefit of doubt so yeah. i mean good luck for, good luck to pumas so i'm excited to see what they do this season yeah agreed uh, and then last question is from Alex Avedano um, at Avelu670. He said, will you talk about my team, Juarez Femenil? Um, yeah, I think that they have some really good signings. They obviously got a new head coach, Ana Cristina Gonzalez, assistant coach at Pachuca coming in. Um, one of their biggest signings was Mia Zuazua from Tigres. Then you have Gra uh, Gabriela Alvarez, who played at Pumas and had former experience with Monterrey. And then Daniela uh, Auzua from Querétaro. So I, I I will say Juarez for me was kind of like Mazatlan, although nobody has my heart like Mazatlan does, first of all. But I think that Juarez definitely had that kind of like feist to them. And if I think if they can maintain that as part of their identity, they should be, a, you know, maybe they'll be a mid-table team, but they'll be an exciting mid-table team for me. Yeah, agreed. I, I think we all saw a lot more personality in Juarez than we expected to last season. However, the results didn't come they just didn't they weren't up to what we were all expecting just seeing the personality i mean they got three wins um none against teams that we thought were i mean mid-table um i mean we saw i think they they beat necaxa atletico san luis and Toluca. i mean th those are teams that you probably would expect to win um whatever your situation in the league but they and they did get 12 losses so that was kind of an unexpected i really did think they would do a lot better um just seeing the players they brought in, lots of personality. They do seem as though a club that is looking into like reinforcing the women's squad and bringing in a stronger project. So kind of kind of exciting to see them do, uh, go through that. Um, yeah, definitely. I think they're looking into being a mid, yeah, like like 
eighth, eighth to tenth position would probably be a great way to show growth this, uh, for this semester for Juarez. And I think that that's, especially for a team like Juarez, for a team for Mazatlan, I think it's fair to give them that kind of expectation. You know, yeah. if you want to try to be Querétaro and suddenly be in the playoffs and, you know, change and just blow our minds and all for it. But I think not to like keep the bar low, but just keep it high enough where they can improve moving forward, I think is a great achievement. So, you know, it's not to say that we're downplaying Juarez, but I think for new teams that are forming themselves um, where the results didn't show up that maybe the way that they were expecting to, um, I think those are huge. Those are pretty good goals to have. So I'm excited. I mean, I, I like Mazatlan for a lot of different reasons, but I also really enjoyed Juarez for, you know, the kind of personality that they showed on the field. So uh, tons of games yeah. to look forward to. Um, I, I, everything starts on Thursday. For those of us here in the U.S., games that we will be able to watch, Pumas versus Cholos, that'll be happening on Sunday, Saturday. Puma versus Cholos, yeah. On, uh, wait, Saturday. Saturday, Saturday, yeah, I was looking into the ninth. Yeah, that's Saturday. Saturday the ninth at 10 a.m. That'll be available on through the N. And then, of course, Mondays are meant for Liga Max Femenil. So we got America versus Atlas on through the N. We got Tigres versus Pachuca. And then, of course, Chivas' home games will be available on the Telemundo Sports app. Um, everything else, Godspeed. We will have streams. Look for talk to a friend, seek a friend, <laughs> all that good stuff. Or go um, on to social media, hashtag Liga Max Femenil. Yes. That as well. Adriana, <laughs> is there anything else we want to talk about before you throw a bone to the men's side? Well, that quite, that's like in the category of wanting to talk about. But yeah, <laughs> fine. Let's throw the smallish bone. Uh, but yeah, of course, like Adriana said, just follow the hashtag Ligamex FEM ENG. Um, definitely a lot of good stuff happening right now. Uh, I know that um, for all of us here at Quitmex Nation, our good friend Melissa is uh, updating the transfer tracker. So if there's anything we didn't talk about today, um, it will be on that article and we should be releasing it at some point tomorrow. Um, our good friend Eugene definitely has some good insight um, in English as well that should be released sometime soon on the uh, on the SB Nation site. So I'll definitely recommend looking up that stuff to get yourself uh, pumped up for these games. Adriana, moving on, I want to ask you this question because I was on the Mexican soccer show yesterday and Wiso was being ostentatious. Did you want Hugo Sanchez over at Cruz I really did. Did you? you? Know what? It was. It wasn't. It wasn't really because I wanted him in. Like I like for what he could do with Cruz You wanted it was for just the because. <laughs> I, I I was like really looking into having like an Aguirre Hugo Sanchez match on the bench, <laughs> um, and then having. I mean, I even thought about this. This is really cool. I mean, imagine if, if Michel would have stayed at Pumas and then we had Hugo at Cruz Azul, we would have three former Real Madrid players in, in all three Mexico City teams. That would have been awesome. I didn't even think about it but that the, way. That would have been interesting. Yeah, but Michel left and Hugo didn't sign for Cruz Azul, so we, we only have Solari, so yeah. But that would have been really cool, though. I so mean, just imagine the ego of Hugo, like having a, to face another, like a former Real Madrid player that, I mean, that just, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would have gone berserk. Like, just, at like, least you're honest. Everything that could have gone. <laughs> at yeah. least you're honest yeah, about I mean, the I, entertainment I, side. I, yeah, I, I actually think, I was like, like looking into the sports, like sports side of things, I was thinking, okay, we've tried just about anything with, with Cruz Azul. I mean, well, not we, but yeah, they. Um, so yeah, maybe not bring in a coach that could like change things with, with, the, with the lineups and the tactics, but someone that could change things mentally. And apparently that's what Hugo does best. Um, but 
what what they say about Hugo is that he's more in charge of that part of the of the coaching, um, and then his um, um, his assistant coach is more in charge of that like the more strategic position or stuff like that. So. Yeah, it would have been awesome. I mean, yeah, I mean, looking at the coaches, that would have been pretty exciting to have someone like who, I mean, again, Hugo versus Aguirre would have been awesome. Hugo versus Luis Fernando Tena, Tuca, um, Bucetich. I mean, yeah, pretty good, pretty good names for the coaching staff. Well, I'm sorry you didn't get your lols. I am um, indifferent about Hugo Sanchez being that. Uh, but uh, Adrian, since you weren't on the Mexican soccer show, I kind of leave the floor for you. Um, you know, key things to look forward to for the Liga MX men's side. You know, season starts as well this week. You know, what should we? Really not much. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I mean, again, <laughs> amazingly enough, Chivas it will be quite interesting as well because they let go of so many players halfway through last season. Um, after having all those problems with disciplinary measures and stuff like that, we don't know where Chobi's going to end up. For all we know, he's going to end up with, with Almeida and MLS. But just looking into what Chivas can do, um, Pumas got rid of so many players. I mean, I'm really amazed they haven't announced a single one. Um, they lost Mayorga, they lost Carlos Gonzalez to Tigres, um, they lost Iniestra to Juarez. I mean, they definitely like lost a key player in every position except goalkeeping, and that's just because they actually got a goalkeeper last season. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how far they can go if they really don't bring in at least one player for, for this season. Uh, Monterrey with Javier Aguirre, definitely something to look into. I mean, like Monterrey uh, trying to just break that like, amazing um, run that Tigres and now Leon have had recently with, with really great games, with really great teams. Um, so yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Javier Aguirre can do. By the way, second best paid coach in the entire continent, I think. Um, America with Santiago Solari. Always, I mean, despite the fact that, yes, I'm a Real Madrid fan and I'm really psyched to see a former Real Madrid player and coach come into Liga MX, despite the fact that it's with America. Um, I really do appreciate when they bring in like a new coach to, to the league. So I'm really psyched to see him. I'm really psyched to see what Larcamón can do with Puebla. Um, Altamirano only had like a couple games last season with Querétaro. So also um, eager to see what he could do with, with that team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it looks like an interesting season coach-wise. Um, with the players, again, it's kind of like a small break. So you, there's not that many, like you don't have like a Guignac coming in this season. Um, but yeah, just looking into that, Tigres going to have to like juggle lots of uh, lots of game changes. They actually had like this really confusing press release a couple of weeks ago where they were saying, okay, if Tigres makes it through this stage of the Club World Cup, then this game will take place on this, end, on this date. And then this other game will take place on this day. So it was really confusing. But the whole thing is Tigres is going to have um, a pretty competitive calendar for this semester so let's see how they handle that I don't think they'll struggle with it they have like they have like two possible like starting 11s if you look at the bench um so yeah I mean I, I I'm guessing that's pretty much it for the men's side um despite the fact that we don't actually have relegation this season um the last three club clubs in, in in that standings will get a huge fine they get like 120 million peso fine uh the last place and then next to last we'll get 70 million peso fine and then uh 16th place will get a 50 million peso fine just because they did poorly uh, um so yeah, I mean, looks looks like it's going to be an interesting season. Still, lots of players um, not entirely confirmed. I mean, Roger and Ibarwen with America still not unsure if they're going to 
keep going with the team this season if they're not going to be registered or if they are. And it's also the last season before we have to reduce the number of, uh, it's not foreign players, but non-Mexican born, non-Mexican um, created players or foreign players. So it'll also <laughs> like be really created. good to see, yeah, created. Yeah, because it's like like formado, so it's like created or like, yeah. Is Ollie technically um, a Mexican created child? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, how we're yeah. gonna start asking. That's our rubric now. We're exactly. That's it. how we should be asking everybody. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's the last season where they get. I think it's ten players that are non-Mexican, just to make it a little yeah. easier. So so yeah, right. lots of so play, get, lots of teams are looking into like just like like letting go of some foreign players because they know that that that's coming up. So give it to us, Adriana. Hot, hot, hot. Who's the title winner? Oh man. Um, I'm looking into all the teams. <laughs> I mean, Leon would be the obvious choice. They just—I mean, it's not only that they won like really like tons of games. I mean, they actually played really well. Um, but just to go with something different, let's say Monterrey wins this season. That would be pretty cool. Just seeing right. Aguirre win. So we have we yeah. have you and Wiso saying Monterrey. All right. Oh, he said that too. Cool. Yeah. Or no, no. What did you C- say? Cesar said. Cesar said Monterrey. I said Chivas. Um, just. Oh wow, the- that's optimistic. <laughs> just for the lulls. <laughs> because if it doesn't and happen, and I'm a Chivas fan. Because if it doesn't happen, I shrug. If it does happen, it's hilarious, and it's all because of me. So I get I get the credit. I was the one who believed since the beginning. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, Adriana, anything else we need to talk about? Is charades happening anytime soon? Can you do this virtually? Can I be a part of it? Oh, man, I love playing. I hope we, we can get, like, a small family reunion again to it again, because I really enjoy it. I'm, I have tons of fun. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, but if we do have one, I'll be sure to get um, some highlights up in my Instagram. Or just, or just make like a make like a close friends list on Instagram and just share all of your <laughs> like all a live your stream. <laughs> yeah, I'll be sure to do that. It, it really is fun, and we get some really tough words sometimes. So that it's 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 fun to see what people can come up with when it's like I don't know, like a word you know and you really don't know how to act or something. <laughs> For sure. All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much. As always, keep up with the content. Keep up with the hashtag LigaMX F-E-M-E-N-G with the men's side LigaMX E-N-G. Um, get ready because it's going to be another fun season for the women's and maybe for the men's. We'll see. I don't know. Adriana, thank you so much as always for your time. She is at Adriana Terrazas. I'm at Azteca Melia. And remember to enjoy it because at the end of the day, it is our football. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Happy 2021. We'll see you next week. <laughs>